1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey
2: everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Boat Hunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly Solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. This year we're also working with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is military-grade intelligence for the deer woods. I can't go out on a hunt without checking Spartan Forge to look at all my different areas, checking deer movement, whether they're going to be in the core area, whether they're going to be very active, not very active. It has weather. It has some of the best mapping um, imagery of any of the apps that are out there. And I literally use it every single time that I hit the woods. You can check them out at SpartanForge.ai. You can use code bowhunter to save 25% and it's available for Android and Apple. Check them out at spartanforge.ai. This podcast is with Baron Ridge, Tree Stands, Aaron Sheets. They're the guys with that, what Aaron calls, and we'll get into it on the podcast, the classic-looking uh, mini climber platform. So they sent us one of these, and I was a bit skeptical. John was super skeptical. and But you've seen so many guys use the lone wolf hand climbers and you still can't buy one they're probably worth more today than they were brand new or very close uh, for guys that are modding them and using them so the idea is there and it's just been a matter of time until someone puts it into market so somebody had to be first these are made right in the usa uh, by working class guys and it starts out like a lot of stuff does make one for yourself then your buddies want them then you end up going into uh, production, and they're out there, um, and they're, they're first. I think uh, as long as uh, saddle hunting continues to progress the way that it is, I think we're going to see a lot more in that space of platform. Uh, but Aaron's great guy, and uh, we talk about all the processes, all the testing, everything that went into it. And uh, the thought process on why would I want to use a climber? I'm limited to those trees. We get into all of that discussion. Um, This is probably going to be the last podcast for the year for us. So uh, we won't be back again until after the holiday. But we just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And thank you so much to our Patreons. Patreon is crowdfunding for creators. It helps us run the show, it helps with everything that I'm looking at here, getting into video this year, hardcore, getting all of that figured out, all of that is, you know, on the backs of the Patreons, and it really helps us to do what we're doing, and we do giveaways, this is going to be the last time for you to get in for that quarterly giveaway, we're giving away one of the X2 packs, as John went over in that last podcast, Um, as that's his primary pack, and it is for, for many, many people. We're giving away one of those X2 packs. We're giving away one of the Tacticam Reveal SK cameras with the solar uh, dual band, so you can use it on Verizon or AT&T. I've got two of those up in the UP that I j- still get great pictures on, uh, even when there's like barely any service up there, very, very impressed. And because the Patreon spoke and they wanted one, we've got an evolution 2.0 from Carter. Uh, so if you want to try a back tension release, you know, this is a way to, to get in very cheaply, uh, to try to, uh, win one, I guess. And Spartan Forge gives away, uh, a year subscription to their services. Our friends at Zinger Fletchings give away some of their 3D printed compression fit fletchings. Uh, just a lot of different opportunities uh, to win stuff. And we appreciate that very much. You can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Borner Chronicles Podcast or Borner Chronicles Podcast.com And then you can just click on the Patreon link or it's in our Instagram. But uh, this is a great podcast. You know, we love seeing guys come out with products. Uh, to be first, to, uh, put their passion into something. And, uh, just like podcasting or YouTube or whatever, um, you know, to sit down and have a conversation with people that are doing something. There's so many people out there that say, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. Or I, I thought of that or, or, or whatever. Um, this just always great to talk to people that are actually, you know, putting their money where their mouth is and, going out there and, and, and manning up and getting something done. So I love these kind of podcasts for that very reason. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for everything this year. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody, Adam, back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. John down here with me in studio working on some new uh, camera stuff. And uh, John came down here and said, what in the hell do you have going on here? Yeah. Looks good. But uh, trying out some new stuff. Going to be in, uh, like I said, for the 2022, like seriously getting into uh, video and uh, not throwing things around in the studio here. Making noise. But but that's what we do. Um, (laughs) So we got Aaron Sheets tonight uh, with uh, Baron Ridge Tree Stands. And if you're uh, a saddle hunter and you have been following along, this could be like one of the most, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say controversial, but like talked about, uh, products out right now. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things in, in wool. We'll, I, I want to get into it just, uh, talking with John even about like methodology and, and thought process. Um, but it is, well, um, Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and and, and what I'm rambling about.
3: <laughs> yes, sir. And thanks for having me on again, guys. My name is Aaron Sheets. I am a uh, co-owner of Barron Ridge Tree Stands. I'm a 2013 graduate of Radford University. Um, I'm a assistant project manager and estimator for Southern Thermal Solutions, we do pipe insulation, commercial cold storage. Um, yeah, this is something that we've uh, been kind of fiddling around with for about a year now Alex came up with the idea um when he started saddle hunting last year in public land and he designed it for himself and um, he's a full-time taxidermist and he had piles of people constantly coming in to his shop that wanted to check it out and try it out and <clears throat> it just kind of all from there he got a lot of interest in it and sold a bunch to some of our buddies and we just decided to take this thing on full bore
2: and so you said that he had started um, a set. Well, so how many guys are involved with the, with the project and how did it come from something in the taxidermy shop to a full-blown production? And, and I guess, what is it that we're talking about? Like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. So um, last part, it's a um, saddle climbing platform that we designed specifically for saddle hunters. It is a, basically it's a mini climber. And it is exactly what it sounds like. You know, you get up in the tree with it and you can use one foot or two foot. You know, we recommend one foot, put your foot against it, a foot against the tree and just bring it up the tree. I, we just released our um, full, fully produced video that our good friend Tyler Weaver from The Given Right, he films for The Given Right and he made a video for us. Um, we just released that this week and it's three of us. It's me, Josh Ravlin and Alex Ravlin. Alex Ravlin is the creator. Josh Course is his brother, and then it's me as well.
2: Okay, so um, you said he started saddle hunting last year. Like overall, what's your uh, like style of hunting and like a hunting
3: history? So my hunting history is I grew up hunting private land. I still predominantly do hunt private land. Um, most of my properties are that I hunt are 100 acres, 200 acres. So. Mobile hunting is not really needed, but I love jumping around. I love, you know, just getting to adjust, you know, based on the wind. Like I still want to hunt this buck that's, you know, maybe using this hollow. So, you know, just based on the wind with the saddle and this climbing platform, I can just adjust, you know, just bounce around tree to tree. And still lugging my 20 something pound Summit Viper or old 1980s API around or resetting climbing sticks, you know, whatever. Um, that's been my hunting history, um, Alex and our other friend got us into saddle hunting last year. He bought a, uh, cruiser XC and he just raved and raved and raved about it. And so Alex went out and got him a, a tethered Eberhardt series and he started using it and he was using the climbing sticks and stuff. And Alex is just buck wild. Like our public land here is anywhere from 60,000 acres to a hundred thousand acres. And for those who don't know, we're in the Western part of Virginia. We're budded right smack up against West Virginia. So, I mean, it is mountains. And (laughs) Alex doesn't care. If there's a buck out there, he's going to go find it. He'll hike three, four, five miles in, you know, with bringing sticks and stuff. Like, yeah, those sticks might be light, but there's a monstrous difference in carrying 15, 20 pounds versus carrying 10 or 12 for four or five miles, going up mountains, back down mountains to go, you know, chasing bucks that have probably never even seen a person before that's the kind of deer he goes after. So that was the initial part of him inventing this climber. Cause we grew up using climbers. He did too. So he literally made it for himself. Like this was his thing he made for himself. And then, like I said, people were coming to this taxidermy shop, saw it sitting on the freezer and, you know, started asking and joking like, you know, is that your climber you made for your baby? And he's like, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's mine. <laughs> So, it, it,
2: this is kind of where I wanted to ask John here about the, um, like, kind of like the methodology and, the, and the, the use of it. Because, you know, we came up, like, I guess, John, for you, when you started hunting from,
1: like, your first mobile type setup or whatever was it? My first setup ever was a Baker tree stand. So, it was the old aluminum frame, you know, heavy, loud, you know, clanker. And then, and then we went to like the TSS sniper, another, you know, climbing stand. Um, along the way, we had some just old lock-ons and stuff, but you know, we hunted all public land, so you didn't. We didn't really leave our stands out anywhere because you know they'd just get ripped off. And then, when did you end up with a uh, like? summit or did you go through the loggy Bayou phase oh yeah loggy Bayou was like i had one of those up until well i still i ended up giving it to my buddy jason you know a few years ago but that was i started i switched over from the loggy over to a summit or actually it was an api i think and uh because i like the the full capture Mm -hmm. you know like man i can't believe i sat all those years in a freaking a stand with no harness and nothing around me and it was like well but and then you know as we got you know as we progressed in and got better like lock-ons you know we i used some of those too and then you know then we got the XOPs and but because what i just thinking about
2: myself was similar like my dad had an old baker and then had loggy bayou and then i hunted out of that a few times and that's when i met frank and everything went you know to where we're at today but the the question seems to be you know well with this mini climber why don't you just use a regular climber why you know you're still limited to the same amount of tree selection and everything like that but You know, so many guys have had so much success from that, and there's so many guys that, even in, like, our Patreon group and different things, they'll say, you know, I thought I was going to save weight, and here I am
1: at 30 pounds or, you know, 28 pounds. It's definitely, I mean, with the saddle sticks and all the equipment, there's definitely not a weight savings. It's just a bulk savings, and... Getting into any tree that you want. I mean, for me.
2: So, so that's like where I guess my uh, thing with this stand is is like I I threw it on the scale before we came down here because I they sent it to me I didn't even you know just small little tree stand I didn't need to weigh it knowing you know it don't weigh that much right. but it's on my scale I don't know what your advertised weight is, Aaron, but it, it was three point eight pounds on my scale and. You know, so then I had um, this uh, TX five with uh, a couple of ropes, and uh, one of them is an XOP rope that has like a one pound carabiner <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> right. um, but uh, it, and that was three point two pounds. So you're you're looking at seven pounds, and realistically, aside from something to hang your bow from, that's that's all you would need. And now I want to get into your, your thoughts on this, Aaron, and like you guys' production and your feedback and everything like that, because personally, well, why don't you go into like how the thing works and then I'll tell you why it doesn't, but we'll go from <laughs> that.
3: <laughs> That's cool. And to touch on um, what y'all said, you know, yeah. Like why wouldn't I use my summit, you know, I mean, you know, if you're somebody like me who only walks in 100 yards, you know, yeah, (laughs) you know, do what, do what suits your budget, man. Like, do what you have. Like, what? How is ours better? Well, it's smaller, so it's not going to clang against as many trees. You know, it's not as big as the summit, so yeah, you're not going to be bumping against stuff, rubbing against stuff. It's not going to be as cumbersome. It's not going to be as heavy. You know, Um, but as far as like how it works, so what you're gonna do is you're just gonna attach it to the tree. You're going to attach your tether. You're going to get up in it. You're going to hook yourself to your tether first. You're going to strap yourself in for safety. Then you're going to put your bootstrap, which is going to be the one that's attached, that's permanently attached to the stand. You're going to put that over your boot. You're going to take your other leg strap around. You're going to go around your Achilles. You really don't want to get that too tight because that thing can <laughs> crimp down pretty freaking tight and you won't have any mobility in your foot. And then all you're going to do is you're going to raise your tether above your head. <coughs> you're going to tighten your tether put one leg against the tree, it's not, it's not an exercise. You're literally just gonna place it against the tree for leverage. You're gonna put all your weight back into the saddle and you're just gonna lift your foot up. And if you take your time or if you have any experience at all in using a climbing stand, it's gonna be quiet. You're gonna be quiet because it's not a fast jerking motion. It is not, again, it's not an exercise. You're just literally shifting all your weight back into your seat. You're gonna lift your foot up, you're gonna tighten your tether again, you're gonna get a two climbs out of each time you put your tether above your head. And you're just going to repeat that process up until you get to your hunting height. And once you get to your hunting height, you're going to loosen your leg strap, put it around the tree and tighten it down. Like get that son of gun tight. Because then once you do that, one of the most common questions I get is about side pressure. And we wanted to wait until we actually did it ourselves before we answer this question because side pressure is one of the most commonly asked questions. And if you get that bootstrap around that tree tight, you can hunt just about any way you want to. It passed all the ASTM tests we sent it to. We sent it out to a third-party testing facility. It got a 300-pound safety rating. We went through the repetition test, which is 300 pounds, bounced off of it 10,000 times, which takes 48 continuous hours to pass. And then we had the adherence test, which is a side pressure-like test. They'll put 300 pounds on each corner of the tree stand to see how much it deflects. It's a deflection and adherence test. So this is not something that you know we make in a garage that we think is cool. And so this is something that we paid several thousand dollars to get tested and get certified by the ASTM, paid the money out of pocket. We got reports, graphs, everything everything we needed to sell a safe product to the public.
2: Yeah. I think that that's huge. And, and that process is, um, you know, if you don't, I want to say that this is not even if you, I I don't even know. So it's one of those things where it's not like a, I feel like not a beginner level, um, thing because i we grew up with climbers and you know john talking about the baker stands and the early loggy bayous and even some of the later loggy bayous where there was no top portion so you were hugging the tree and lifting up and going up and you know for i don't think until i used my um Lone wolf sit and climb. Did I ever use a harness climbing up the tree with a with a tree stand? Now, when I got up there, I used it, uh, but but climbing the tree never. Um, And because of that, I think it was it was easy for me to use this thing, and then I'm comfortable with a saddle, so. I trust the ropes. I trust the process. I trust the whole thing. Um, my brother-in-law, on the other hand, I threw him in it when we were up in the UP and said, "Go ahead and use it, just like another climber." Well, he'd never really been in a saddle, so he didn't trust the ropes, and he was kind of swinging around, and he was he was pretty leery of uh, what, like the whole process. So, like for guys that just want to step in and they want to say okay well i want I hunt from a climber now and they've used a two-piece climber their whole life and they've always had something to put their hands on and just kind of like do a dip and pull their pull their weight up and then they've never been in a saddle um this is going to be a a much different um experience i would say i mean would you agree with that
3: yeah absolutely um it is going to be something that's going to take some practice and some getting used to for beginner hunters. Like you said, um, you can climb with it with two feet. If people feel more comfortable with that, you know, we don't have that in our instructions, but that kind of veers off into just a comfortability thing and a uh, safety thing with what you feel is safer and more comfortable for yourself as a user. But yeah, as far as being geared toward people who have been hunting for a while. Yeah, that's pretty spot on.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I was a quick question. I'm looking at it. So what's the biggest tree you can get in? About a twelve inch?
3: So no, with the four foot cable which comes with each tree stand, you can get in uh nine inch to seventeen inch diameter. We do sell five foot cables for larger trees and three foot cables for if you want to tackle smaller trees kind of like we do. We like the three foot cable better personally because i mean you can on smaller trees you can scream up a tree
2: yeah and that's one of the things so i was using it today in in, in the yard here again before this trying to scooch around and see uh, different trees and different tree sizes and um it, it and we had talked so i this none of this is really surprising to eric because we had talked about like some of like my thoughts and some of like the limitations and kind of where they're going with it. But, um, even on some of those trees where it'll just fit around, it's almost like the, the stand itself is too, too narrow. Um, because
1: it doesn't, that's what I was looking at. Yeah. Just because of the width of the, you know, the width of the stand itself, you know, the cable might go around the tree, but how, I guess I didn't, I haven't, Honestly, I haven't messed with that. I haven't climbed a tree or tried to yet. So, I was just looking at it, just you know, like, well, the diameter of a tree is going to be limited. Yeah, and and for for people that
2: are like like the the methodology of this, and not, so I just picked up a a, a one stick um, uh, setup, and I weighed that today because I wanted to see, you know, when we're talking about uh, weight philosophies of use, all of these different things. Um, and that stick with the, the 40 foot of rope and the eighter and everything is like 5.8 pounds. So with that, and it's a heavy stick, but with that in the saddle, so now you're up about nine pounds versus eight pounds with that. But even if you were to use this and you, you, I know you had talked there about side pressure and that's the one thing that people are curious about. One of the questions that I had was, you know, you're going to have, um, those, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, the arms or the supports, the upright tubes on the sides, um, mm-hmm. that some people will ask about limiting movement around the tree and, and, and all of that sort of thing. But many guys that are one sticking are, Carrying up a platform, anyways. So if you wanted to use this as a a sub, a sub four pound climbing method, um, you're you're still miles ahead if you're in an area where you know where the there's pole trees and you can get up them and you're um, right, you're yeah. used to it. You know, I mean, for you're you'd be at. You know, eight pounds, nine pounds plus your saddle, which, you know, some guys will say, well, sticks are the same way. But, I mean, I can tell you that I somehow, like, caught lightning in a bottle picking trees in the UP because the one tree was perfect size and I was so incredibly high (laughs) that it was, like, in in a matter of minutes where every little breeze was, like... (laughs) Uh, kind of like some some pucker factor. Um, but Aaron, what's like the feedback that you're getting online, both um, good and bad, right? So, well, in, I guess even from wise, people that are using it and then people that are online. So you can kind of debunk any myths.
3: So as far as users go, I would say we've gotten dang close to 98% being positive feedback from people that have actually used it. Um, those people might say that, you know, yeah, bigger trees, it's not really that great, but for medium size to small size, they love it. Um, for people who haven't used it, Facebook has been Facebook. It's been a, a pretty even split. Um, a lot of people are worried about noise because they say the pins look loud. And that's, that's a, that's a very fair, uh, thing to say if you haven't used it. Um, for people who have used it, I haven't got a single report back from, uh, somebody saying it's loud. Um, other things have been limbs. People ask about, you know, what do I do when I come to limbs? Because we are an insured business. I, I have to say you either cut them off or find another tree. um, but really, I mean, the, the negative has not really been negative. It's been more critical, I'd say, just with the noise, with what's, how is this any better than my one stick has been a lot of, a lot of it. Or how is this better than my sticks? Because I can get up trees with limbs. And we realize, you know, people around the United States are not as fortunate as we are, man. Like all of our trees around here in our mountains, public land doesn't matter. They're hickories, they're poplars, they're oaks. That's our trees that we have. So just about anywhere you hunt, if you're hunting with us in Augusta, Rockingham, Nelson, Albemarle County, any local county, it's it's pick your preference. Like it's literally pick whatever you want. And we get that not everybody's that lucky. So when it comes to limbs, you know, treat it as another tool in your tool bag, man. You know, if you're going to a spot that you're familiar with and you don't think you can use it, Don't use it. Use what you know is going to work. Go kill your buck. Go kill your deer. Don't force the issue. If you're hunting a new spot and you think you might have some telephone poles out there, that's what ours is designed for. Easy, light carry. Scream up a tree, go kill your deer. If, again, if you're hunting your place that you're familiar with and you know it's not going to work, don't use it. It's a tool in your tool belt. It's not a one size fits all. It's not here to erase everything, it's here to help and be another tool for you to go kill your deer.
2: So for me, one of the things that is um, uh, the improvements that I would make is the, the footprint that it has, isn't that big to begin with. And so having to adjust both pins, if you had to adjust both sides, you would have to adjust both pins on both sides because it does fold flat and, like messing around with that. And I guess if you had used it a whole bunch and you, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys have made it, you've probably taken those pins out and put them back in, you know, 4 million times. Um, but for me trying to do that process in the dark, line it up and get that, those pins in there. Um, I think you could almost leave it welded open, it doesn't take up that much space. It's not that bulky compared to I mean a, a st- you know, everybody's gonna say, well, you know, my shakar sticks, they are only as tall as a dollar bill when they're folded up and you know, the new skeletors are, you know, pretty thin. But I mean I'm looking at uh three B sticks together and they're, you know, ten inches tall. I mean that that isn't that much bigger and I would make it just a little bit wider, uh, to fit some of those trees that are, you know, basketball size or larger. Um, and, and it's not about foot room. I think we've had the conversation on here a million times about, do you need the predator XL or the mission or, or whatever. And by, by that time you end up with a lot more weight and,
1: and things, but yeah. Cause I just, I prefer the, the regular predator, the smaller one. Um, I had to step out for a second, so maybe I missed it, but so are you using, I mean, how long have you spent saddle hunting?
3: I've been saddle hunting. Uh, I started, I started when Alex, um, invented this and he wanted me to come over and try it. And his was the first time I've ever even been in a saddle. And it was, his was the uh, Eberhardt series by tethered and I ended up buying it and I love it. And <laughs> I loved it so much. Like, man, this year, even in, even if I went to a stand I already have set up, which would be like a latch on, like I flip the latch on around and just use my saddle and just cause I just, I love it so much. I just, it's just, it's just better. <laughs> it's just so much more fun. It just adds another cool dimension to something that we, you know, we do so much in hunting that it's just so much more fun. And I use the, our platform all year long and to touch on, um, something y'all said about being wider. That is something that we have been actively discussing them actively i mean literally every single day we're talking about improvements and how can we get better you know yeah it's cool being the first and like we talked before you know we're gonna catch all the flack we're gonna catch all the ne- negativity the positivity and that's a bonus for us because yeah we can see where we need to get better and um as far as the pins go you know the way I-, I used to stand i'll leave it set up because i don't want to I don't want to mess with the pins either. And like you said, you know, I don't use it forwarded up. I keep it on the outside of my backpack, So The only thing I got to do is remove the left side. Throw the pins back in. Let's get climbing.
2: Mm-hmm. Did that answer your question, John? Like, yeah. Or- yeah. I
1: was just I- trying to get a backer on, you know, like on how, how much, you know, saddle experience he has. And if, have you used any of the other plat? Well, obviously You can't answer that. You haven't used any of the other platforms or climbing Mm -hmm.
3: methods. Um, no, no, I haven't used any of the, any of the actual, um, saddle related sticks. I have some bone collector sticks, uh, just from using different tree stands, different tree stand methods that I've used in conjunction with the, with the saddle and, um, it's all fun. I mean, it's, <laughs> they're all fun. They all have their perks. They all have their time and place.
2: Sure. So, I, I guess one of the questions I would ask you is like, what is your average uh, hunting
3: height? It just depends. It depends on where I'm at. Um, this year, I hunted with the platform, and I got in late, and I literally hunted four feet off the ground, and I just had a spot where I had that's all the higher I needed to get, and I had great cover. And I had two bucks come in within three yards of me and feed and eat acorns all evening. And then even looked at me. But then other times, you know, I'll get it. Like, uh, I like to get up to um, 20, 24 feet. Just depends on where I'm at and how far I need to see and if I'm using a gun or bow. Okay.
2: Yeah. I, it, pretty... Typical answer um, there. I was just curious because being in like hill country and stuff, you know, if you're getting, a, if, if you are, uh, find yourself regularly in spaces where you want to be, you know, 25, 30 feet up because of the ridge systems or whatever, um, mm-hmm. that's another few sticks and that yeah. changes weight <coughs> dramatically, things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I don't know if it was today or the last time I was hunting, John, I was thinking this because I've been hunting quite a bit lower this year um and looking at cover and things like that and i thought about it like in your hunting career or whatever with a climber did you ever find yourself hunting five feet off the ground or
1: eight feet off the ground never like i was always so i I think we kind of talked about this before i was always like at the 20 foot because my bow rope was always 20 feet and I would tie it to the my bottom section of my stand, and I would usually go up until that got tight. And there was times where I actually would pull my bow up. So, but it was because I was in a pole tree, and I, well, I was trying to get up. You know, unless I was unless I had a tree, say like a hemlock or a cedar that was like right next to the other tree where I'd have some limbs, but I'd still get up. You know, twenty feet. Because that's one of the things I just
2: found myself thinking about is like, you know, and it might be just based on like you carried all that bulk out there and then you have to find this certain tree that you can get up and there's usually not cover around it. So you're, you're in the wide open and you're like, all right, well, I need to be up there to that, that spot where now I'm like, man, if I could just get right there. Right. Um, And I just wonder how much of that, you know, plays into Uh, some of the some of the decisions now for for you aaron in the in the areas that you hunt that kind of sounds like where you're you're hunting where you're walking through all of these this vast forest where the canopy is way up there so they're all poultry so you're just trying to get up out of line of sight right
3: exactly especially on uh public land where we went yesterday you know we would and i were discussing this like With it, yes, being so, such a high canopy, like, you know, we have six and eight foot scrub trees where, you know, bow season, you just need just to get above them. Well, rifle season, I mean, if you get, you get 20 or 30 feet up, you can shoot three, 400 yards through the forest just because, I mean, it is old woods.
2: Okay. So you said you guys were, you know, making stands, all working, like gangbusters today um i I, I guess what's what's coming down the pike or like like how where is your guys mind at like you said you're gonna take all the flack for being first and everything and i think one of the things i would i would be uh i don't want to say like nervous about but i think i'd be kind of pissed is you know you guys are kind of hanging it all out there right to to say, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're testing the waters and you're going to take all of the flack, but then the next guy's going to come along and he's going to be like, I see what all their problems are. Now we're going to, we're going to fix them and we're going to make the, the next best thing. So what are you doing to kind of be like ahead of that?
3: So we absolutely read every single comment multiple times on Facebook, Instagram. I've been trying to be as active as I can on getting people honest answers and feedback who reach out to us. And we, again, we see everything. And we're trying to adjust to it. So we do have something else, um, something else planned out or kind of talking about maybe possibly doing a little bit larger stand. Um, trying to mess with some things. One thing that we're really fighting to figure out is, uh, is the cable. And we see a lot of people saying, you know, why don't you use the lone wolf? The lone wolf cable. The lone wolf cable was awesome. Yeah, the lone wolf cable was badass. It's also trademarked and copyrighted. <laughs> so we we can't use that. I mean, it is awesome. It is perfect. It's a great idea, but we we can't do that. Um, the other things we have in the works, we really, we really, really, really badly wanted to go to ATA this year and the Great American Outdoor Show to just get in front of people and talk to them in person to let them know like you know we're not we're not a billion dollar company we're not a million dollar company not even sniffing that um we're just regular rednecks just like everybody else who hunts we just wanted to talk to people but that's something that we're gonna do next year when we're a little bit better prepared and have a little bit more inventory built up. Um we're actively trying daily I mean Alex and I and Josh and I we talk for hours every single day about how we can get better, how we can grow ourselves to Maybe one day actually be in the conversation with Lone Wolf because the fact of the matter is, if Lone Wolf or some of these other companies come out with something like us, they are who they are. <laughs> they are who they are. They can go off the name, um, but it's been it's been fun and it's been just awesome just to see people around the United States talking about something we did, and it's just been <laughs> it's been a dream come true. And it's still hard to wrap my head around.
2: So so let's just address the elephant in the room. Probably the question that you get every single time with uh why don't you use the lone wolf? Like, why isn't it cast?
3: So that's a that's a great question. Um, number one, cast is not as strong as tube. And we're just not willing to sacrifice something that's sexy for something that's safer. Um tube aluminum is stronger than cast aluminum. Ours when we had when we had the six hundred pounds hanging off of it, ours didn't flinch, it didn't even crack or creak. Like you and I talked, the tube in the back does bow a little bit when you use it. And that's just because you got stainless on aluminum. But it's only gonna bow so much. It's only just gonna it's just gonna create a little bit of a dip, but it's not gonna increase. It's something that is not going to get bigger. It's never gonna worsen. It's gonna be what it is. And that's just for your the way it goes when you're climbing. The cast also, the long answer why we don't do cast is because the companies that you work with, they have to create a mold. And when they create a mold, you have to pay for the mold and also to make it worth their time. They're going to crank out fifty to 100,000 units to make it worth that company's time. And you're talking close to a quarter million dollars out of pocket, maybe even a half a million dollars out of pocket. And then we're also sitting on those 50,000, 100,000 units. And hoping, like, hell, we can sell them. Because if not, we got a warehouse somewhere that's got 50,000 stains in it that aren't selling.
1: Not only that, then if you make upgrades, uh, you're stuck with the old model that's probably not going to sell as well.
3: (laughs) That's exactly right. When you come up with that newer, better thing to something, that light bulb comes on and clicks. You're exactly right. You're sitting there still with that warehouse full.
2: Right. Yeah. So, like I say, that, that to me is the one question that in you know realistically you would just be you'd be damned if you do and damned if you don't because it's like oh well they're just ripping off lone wolf's hand Mm -hmm. climber seat like you know so there'd be so many haters on on that side of it too um yep
3: and theirs is a great product i mean it it is what it is dude that's that's an awesome product it looks great and it works. <laughs> it is what it is.
2: Yeah, I've seen a bunch of those that have been like modified and adapted, and you know, a bunch of them have broken and and different things. But the the one, the one thing that I've seen on it that I thought the the only one that I've s- seen like it is they took one and then they put a an actual post in the center of it. So, like, once they got to hunting height, they flipped that up and then put a cam buckle around it. So, it so it didn't move. So, it operated just like a regular stand, Platform. but you still had all the things hanging off of the side of it. So, right. it was kind of, I don't know, you you were still, you know, uh, captured inside of that, that thing. But, you know, for everybody, like, my thoughts are, you know, it just whether it's a a stand in itself or using it as a climbing system, you know, for a guy that loves his climber, but hates, I mean, again, he would never use it, like I said, but for, you know, my father-in-law, Frank, those guys are climbers till the end. They're never going to change ever, but at some point, you know, the, the 25 pounds or whatever hanging off his back for, you know, two foot out here and getting snagged up on everything. It, it it seems like it would be a no brainer for that guy. And if for nothing else, it would be somewhat of like the gateway into saddle hunting where you could still hunt all of your same stuff without having to carry as much bulk. And having to learn stick, because I mean, just think about it, like Frank or Chris, like trying to do sticks. Yeah, it's
1: it's not or one sticking. Well,
2: that well, and, and that again goes because I mean,
1: because you're kind of comparing the two. I mean, one sticking to this as a climbing.
2: Well, and, and that's one of the things I wanted to say to you about even like method of use. So, so John here, when I got the saddle two years ago or three years ago now, it's whatever. Ago. And, uh, he's like, there's no way in hell you're getting me in that thing. It's so
1: stupid. Yeah, and then like
2: it's like, you're hanging around in a diaper.
1: it. Let me, let me no, try this. <laughs> no, was, well, they've all heard up the story. I mean, I was at the point where I was either going to not hunt or find something that, you know, I could carry that was lighter and less bulky. And that's when you're like, well, just take my, I'm not hunting tonight. Take my, I think at the time you had the manis. Mm -hmm. and it was like well that was a no-brainer like there's still i mean i don't know there's still times where i think about you know sitting in the stand i mean i sat like i think it was the next day we went hunting together that's when we did the zz top but um and i kept feeling like i was falling out of my tree stand i mean i was hooked in but that's the one thing i like the most about saddle hunting is that you're always secure like you're never going to just fall out but then like
2: keep going to like one stick and bullshit we're not doing that and here now we're we're looking at uh one of the one sticks here and you know i thought i really did i thought john was going to give me like a whole bunch of crap but you know for all of this stuff like we gotta i feel like we're doing the listeners a disservice if we don't understand it and have some experience right. with it. And and I thought for sure John's going to be like, whatever, that's so stupid. And then the last episode, he says,
1: yeah, well, ever since I seen that video of Taylor doing it, you know, I was thinking about giving it a shot. You know, well, yeah, I mean, after seeing Taylor do it, and then you know, the thought process on it is like, if there's a spot where I need to get way up, you're you're only limited by your repel rope at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be for every situation. I mean, you know, I really, I really love just, I love my wild edge steps. I like the timber ninja sticks, but just the, yeah, it's a little more step at a time, one step at a time, but you're pulling them out of the pouch, put them on. When you come down you're putting them back in the pouch, you get to the bottom of the tree, you tuck them in and throw them in your pack. Um, sticks I just always had you know you got them dangling off you as you're climbing up and you know <laughs> shit's hitting you in the face and but but that's why I think like
2: from from a product like this right like so, just
1: a little bit of little bit of refinement and I think you'd be right there and in so the same thought process i'm I'm gonna be 100 100 honest here when When Adam pulled that thing out of the box, the first time I seen it, I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) I mean, with all the clips and the cables and all the stuff, I'm like, and I grabbed it and I shook it and it was like, sounds like, you know, reindeer coming through the woods. But now he's got it all stealth strip and everything is, you know, kind of tightened up. It's not nearly as loud. And like, as you explained it, you're not going up, it's not like a race, you're going up nice and slow. Um, you know, it's another tool. I'm just going to have to give it a shot and give it a try. But so what's the
3: retail on that? Um, they're for sale for 280 bucks. We have, um, three different colors though. we got black, bronze, and green. Um, they, it's hundred percent made in the USA. It's actually all made here in Augusta County, welded powder coated. Um cut local metal distributor so it's all 100 usa okay
1: what's like your turnaround like how long does it take you to build that like when you say you send it out you got you got one shop doing them or do you have it like one shop cuts them one shop um
3: is welding them up so we actually do all the cutting ourselves um so from the time that we get the metal we cut it send it to the welders. We usually send 25 to 30, to 40 at a time to go to the welder. That usually takes about a week for him to get them welded. And then we'll take them to the powder coater powder coating takes anywhere depending on how busy they are from two days to a week. So roughly two weeks to get them back to us before we can ship them out and then take them to UPS. And typically, typically UPS gets them to people, you know, we're from Virginia to, minnesota florida new hampshire where we're shipping them is about two to three days true
2: yeah I'd, like like i say uh, the the pins for me and I, you know john he was saying you know it just reminds him of the older tree sins but what uh, in that um capacity i guess what are your options what are the other options besides pins i mean i'm sure people are coming out of the woodwork telling you this is what you need to do
3: (laughs) So the main feedback we get there is just don't do pins we left those in the 80s that was a comment on facebook and i actually laughed at it and i was like yeah i know (laughs) it's just something that i mean i've been racking my brain on it for several months on how we can do it and we've thought about Something like the uh, the Kong, maybe where it can just clip against it and maybe just get a little bit bigger cable. Then you get a big cable, you have more weight. Um, as far as the design goes, that was something you and I discussed about, you know, being old school. It's not old school; it's classic. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that is the the design is literally just just a safety factor, man. It's a uh, you have your weight being held on four different points so it's just it's just a much 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 safer route for our customers and everybody that's using it because you you're locked in four different places you got two on the left side two on the right side you got to work on a 45 degree angle so your weight's never being distributed and focusing in on one area um we've messed with the design we've messed with a lot of different things and that's something that we're currently working on like i said before the podcast so we have something new going to the welder that we have to get out maybe the next year or two.
2: Yeah. So like what, what are you guys up against with um, like patents and proprietary oh. stuff? Because I mean, if you look at the loggy by or the summit, they got those cables with them big ass balls on them that it seems to be like what everybody uses in the, the climber market and it they clack around and they make a lot of noise
1: and you know but uh well I mentioned the old APIs they used to have a chain yeah well that's with what what pins through
3: yeah i, I still got three of them i love them <laughs> but,
1: but that, then, then then the cable the the sheathing on it would all crack and then it would get stuck mm-hmm. but even like something like that yeah. like is that is that
2: proprietary like could you not
3: I don't think the API would be um, just because it is such an old model. I mean, like I said, I got three of them that I use. I'm pretty sure dad got those in like 1985 or something like it. So we could probably maybe go something along that route. I'd love to figure out something, just something else, something just a little bit prettier and (laughs) more efficient too, but it ain't dawned on me yet. And if anybody out there has any ideas, Hit me up on Facebook. I'm open to all suggestions.
2: Well, and uh, again, like, that's why, I like, I like to have these conversations with people that are, that are doing something. But I also, like, really appreciate the fact that, like, you guys can understand that, you know, you've built a, a, a classic rather rather than something that is, uh, you know, uh, cutting edge or or whatever. Now, the idea is something that's, you know maybe never been done before. However, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're going back and using, using technology that works. Um, and that has worked, but it's just not, you know, what, maybe what people are, are expecting,
1: um, these days. I mean, I guess this best way to put you know, it. It kind of reminds me, I remember way, way back, back in, uh, when Angler Archer was still down in, and the TSS snipers came out, they actually shipped out little mini stands that they would put on a little display model. <laughs> and it, that, when I first seen it, I was like, man, it looks just like the display model. But, like
2: when you're going through the like tent section of like right. denims or whatever, yeah. and they got the little tents up there hey, showing you like, Honey, what?
1: I shrunk the tree stand. <laughs> but, I mean, smaller is better, right? That's what I tell her.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, like, like I say, um, where are you guys like, like what's your like 10 year, five year, one year goals? I mean, how have you, from the time, when did you launch this?
3: We actually didn't launch until November 11th. Uh, November 11th is when we, Launched the website. November thirteenth, we came onto Facebook and s- posted everywhere that you know this is what we got. Here we are. Um, We received a pile of feedback, good, bad, and indifferent, everywhere from "This is awesome" to "I can make this in my garage for twenty five bucks." You know why do I need to spend two hundred eighty bucks? Like, well, if you can do that and your labor's free, give me a call. I'd love for you to work for me. Um, and just all all kinds of crazy feedback and stuff, but it's been it's been fun. We've been doing ads and stuff on Facebook, Instagram, just trying to get our name out there. People know about us. Um, one year goal, we just want to keep selling. <laughs> we want to keep selling. We want to go to these shows. We want to meet people. We want to talk to people. Let them know we're just normal people. We're not millionaires. We don't have a million dollar credit line through the bank that We're just spending money on going to be on the outdoor channel. It's nothing like that. We'd like to be there. You know, one year, five years. We'd love to have. I'd love to be doing this full time. That's that's my personal goal. I want to be doing this full time. I want to go to shows, go to talk to people. Um, have this be a full time thing. That's really the biggest thing. Is I just I want to grow this company as much as we possibly can.
2: So, uh, hindsight being. 2020 and just simply asking like launching like in the middle of the season, like w- were you guys set out to, you know, what we're going to say, okay, well, we want to get this thing done by this summer or did it all just come together that quickly? And you're like, okay, well now the ball's rolling. We gotta, we gotta, you know, get some of these
3: things sold. So initially Alex had his idea and he went in front of a couple of, companies and presented it and going back to the patent thing he wanted to get a patent the patent office said no we can't do this it's too close to just a traditional climber like everybody else says we can't give you a patent so that rolls into august and september and me and his brother just kept telling him like dude like we got something like we can we might not be millionaires in a year or two but we got something that will sell so we decided to take it on ourselves and we wanted to launch before both season well ultimately it came down to insurance insurance just took much longer than we thought it was we got it tested the guys we sent it down to in georgia sgs tec they did a phenomenal job they got our product turned right around like a week or two they sent it back to us so we were well in front of our set deadline which was october 1st insurance just took longer and just took months to put together. So that's why we ended up coming out in the middle of November versus October first was literally just because of insurance.
2: Well, I think that that's like incredibly important, um, you know, for, you know, whatever people want to think that these guys just make them in their garage and you know, there's nothing, nothing behind them that you guys went through everything to do all the testing that you are fully insured that it's, you know, everything is, you know, done correctly, um, mm-hmm. is important. But I just, I see, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people like in, around the hunting industry that don't have time to hunt, that don't have, you know, that deal with, you know, with like John asking about the, like, like the turnaround time and stuff that have you know all the stuff with you know we're gonna put out this product everything's gonna be great and then you do all the hype and then you can't deliver on it or you end up right in the middle of season where you can't win for trying because everybody's in the middle of the season and they need it for this trip they're supposed to be in missouri and ups didn't show up and i can't imagine trying to do
3: that right in the peak of the rut (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that, that was that was uh just about our peak of the rut and um, our other partner, Josh has been instrumental in that part. Like he has done and absolutely he's gone above and beyond with the insurance and stuff. And Tyler with helping out on our social media, Tyler from uh, the given right TV, he's done an outstanding job with our social media stuff. Like where he set us up with pictures and videos, he shot the video and edited it in his own time. He was, he was out in Minnesota and all over the West. For the last three weeks, dude gets back as a newborn baby, gets back home and cranks out our video in a day. Like he spent like 12 hours editing our video and spit it out the next day as soon as he got home. So we got a great team behind us. And um, it's just been, we're very, very fortunate to have a great team working with us. Um, Talking about (laughs) having time to hunt, I was actually, I actually had a vacation the week after we um launched and thankfully we got a bunch of sales but i hunted the mornings and in the and from noon till seven i was over at alex's boxing stands up and shipping them out to people and i would not have rather done anything else I, at that point we were like yeah screw hunting i'd much rather be doing this
2: well it's always great to see like something that you're that you're doing be accepted and you know like for us Mm -hmm. doing the this podcast is like you know john and i used to have these conversations you know at 3 in the morning in his garage and it's like why don't we just start recording this stuff and we'll just talk about it and then now for whatever reason people listen so (laughs) not sure why but no and john john's like the most like 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 this right He's just he's just fly on the wall for much of everything and then but you you want to talk bow tuning or arrows or anything like that fishing you you better pack a bag hope you got a lunch cuz it's going to be a minute <laughs> so I like
1: putting him on the spot like that though well, too speaking of bows one you know one of the questions I always ask our you know our guests what what's your bow setup what bow are you shooting
3: I'm shooting a uh, Expedition Archery MX-15. That's the company that Tyler films for. The guy that he films for owns Expedition. And uh, Tyler helped me out and hooked me up with it last year. I (laughs) I got pissed because I set a record that I hope nobody out there ever breaks. I missed four deer in one set. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so, obviously obviously it was not my fault it was my boss's fault so <laughs> i hit up tyler and said i need something new um and he hooked me up with the mx15 dude i freaking love it um it shoots over 300 feet per second is what they say with my setup it shoots like 280 286 something like that um i just shoot some gold tip gold tip hunter xts eras and uh what they NAP Spitfires, I think is what they are. Expandable broadhead. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't got to shoot a deer yet this year with it. I had one five yards out of the saddle, and she just never stopped for me. And I was like, "I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in the mood going to go on a wild goose chase today. I ain't playing in there. Screw it." <laughs> but I love it so far. I mean, it does. It shoots well for me. Good deal. So,
2: what's the the MX fifteen like? Do you? know a lot about that boat there there is a a guy um they were just doing a a giveaway someone who'd lost their uh house in the the tornadoes that went through kentucky and uh they were doing a giveaway of one of those and i i didn't know if it was that that's the five inch brace height one like the super fast
3: bow or or what so do you do you know i think so Okay. I I actually don't. I'm I'm actually not real well versed in bows. I'm really not. I apologize. I I, I just
2: I don't blame you. I I don't think most people are. But now I got to sit next to this guy a lot. So (laughs) these are all the questions that everybody that that he'll ask me about these things, or he'll he'll tell me. Yeah. So. Well, I'm a bow geek. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah, man. I like I said. I I wanted to have this conversation with you um on the podcast because I can make a video about the stand and I can say you know these are the things the, the only thing that people are going to get from a conversation like that are the the pins we don't like the pins and you know they everybody accentuates only on the negatives and they won't take the time to listen to the entire discussion. So like I said, I I didn't want it to come across as like that you know, for you guys just starting out and for us to say, yeah, these are the things that we don't like about it. This is how I would use it because people will only see
3: negative. <laughs> so, I, No, I I really appreciate that, man. You and I talked about that on the phone. I respect the hell out of y'all for having me on here and give me an opportunity to be able to um not really counter but for us to discuss it and walk through everything as like why we did this? Why is it the old school setup versus something pretty like the lone wolf hand climber? Like there's there is reasons for everything. There is a a why for every single thing. Um, yeah, and I just really, really, really appreciate you guys for having me on here and this opportunity to discuss it.
2: No problem, man. Well, We really appreciate you taking the time and and you know for <laughs> for sending us one and you know for us it to to have all of this stuff and to be able to to do this is you know we get to show it to so many people when we go out and you know everybody wants to see the saddles and they want to see the sticks and they want to see everything so we'll we'll make sure that uh as many people get get a chance to mess with it as we can um but really appreciate the time
3: so hey absolutely all right
1: all right